Hey folks, Sean here with the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, giving your intro for episode 293. This week, I give a review of Rick and Morty, because we're timely and up to date with our pop culture references. Ian also reviews Titans on uh, HBO Max. We discuss in depth The Mandalorian and also Star Trek Discovery. We also go down a very deep Star Trek rabbit hole um, this week as well. So that's always exciting. Uh, plus, we get uh, pretty in-depth with Warner Brothers releasing their 2021 slate of movies on HBO Max, same day as in theaters. Uh, so that's a pretty intriguing discussion as well. So a lot of good conversation this week. We hope you enjoy. And on that note, cue the music. Here we go. And welcome to episode 393 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... I hate to burst your bubble, Morty, but love is a chemical reaction that compels animals to mate. It hits hard, and it slowly fades, leaving you floundering in a failing marriage. Break the cycle. Focus on science. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's uh, a little something from Rick and Morty, which I binge-watched this week. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, like, it was, it's like one of those shows, for me, it's like I didn't get on board with when it first came on, like I don't watch Adult Swim, uh-huh. you know, but like all you heard about was like all this like, you know, oh Rick and Morty's the greatest thing ever. Rick and Morty is so fucking awesome. It's the greatest show on television. And I'm like, oh okay, you know, I like to give it a shot, but apparently it's it's a very it's a linear show. And you just it's not a show you just pick up in the middle of it. So yeah. um, you know, with HBO Max, it became available. So I watched it. It's a funny show. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But I don't get where all the hype is about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, I haven't watched it. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny show. Like, I highly recommend it. Like, it, it's a good time. And uh-huh. it, it's it's a show you, you do have to pay attention to. Like, for being a cartoon and for being a comedy, it's a show that, like, the jokes can be very subtle at times, and you know the 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 um the conversations are are very fast paced. So you got to pay attention to it. You just can't kind of like you know be sitting there on your phone, you know, fucking around and expect to understand what's going on. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's like I get like where it's popular, but I don't get where it, like it had like this hype that it had around it, like. The whole thing with like the 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 Shizwan sauce or whatever that was from Mulan, all those years ago, like it's like a, two jokes. They cracked two jokes in one episode, and it like became like 
this obsession with with this fan base. I was like, what the fuck? Like the Pickle Rick episode, like people were like, oh, Pickle Rick, I'm Pickle Rick, bitch. I'm like, okay, you know. I got to that episode and I was like, it was funny, but I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't get what the obsession with Pickle Rick was. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I mean, like, but that's how that fan base is, and like, you know, I I, I guess it's like a, that thing where it's like, I don't know if it's just like millennials latched onto that as like their Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I go that way that way by Kevin Smith movies. I mean, you know, I dissect every little bit, you know, stupid shit. Like, you know, you know, my girlfriend stuck 37 dicks in, in a row. You know I mean? Shit like that. I could pull from a Kevin Smith movie without any difficulty, but like, and people look at me like I'm fucking insane. So like, I, I, I guess I get it from that standpoint where like maybe for that generation, that's like the thing that they like clung on to Yeah. because, you know, but still like, I was like, it's funny. I get the show, but I don't get the obsession people have with it. Yeah. You know, and as, and as a show, it's notoriously slow, like for like taking up to like two years between seasons you yeah. know, so like I, you know, uh, when a new season comes out, I'm like eh, okay, great. I'm I'm not like you know sitting there going, oh, I can't wait for the next season. You know, <laughs> when it comes out, I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll catch it, and that'll be that. Yeah. You know, <sighs> but I recommend it. Like if it's a show you haven't watched, and again, you're you're into hearing cartoon characters say motherfucker quite a bit. By all means, I highly recommend the show. Right, you know, um, it's it's it 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 is some of the raunchiest humor, like especially like it's it's very adult. Like I mean, at one point, like there's a dragon orgy, and like the one was like, you know, hadn't seen him in many years. He was a a masturbator, and he's like, I've emerged from my cum cocoon. I was like, oh wow, I haven't heard a reference like that, and. 30 fucking year, you know. Right. Yeah, so it's shit like that that like made made me laugh. And I again like I, I get like the 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 jokes are funny and on point and like is it's a funny show, but I was like, man, I don't get what the obsession is. And it's right. and like and for a long time, like I think probably even still now, like it's an obsession for some people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just never got into it. Yeah, it's worth watching. I'll tell you that. But like, you know, don't, don't at the end of it, don't expect to be a like. I think you and I are gonna come from the same like direction with it. It's gonna be like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, you know I, mean? I don't know. I, I never like. I guess you can point out to Beavis and Butthead too. I never like Beavis and Butthead. Either. Yeah, but it's not like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah. But I just never really picked up on those types of cartoons. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, if I like, I I, I can't compare it to anything, because I mean, it, from a raunchy standpoint, and like it's funny because it's like, it's so in your face with the vulgarity and stuff yeah. that you kind of like miss the fact that like they're telling some dirty fucking jokes. Right. And right. from that standpoint. It reminds me a lot of like Ren and Stimpy. Okay. Like from that standpoint of like the um 
everything was kind of subtle. Like yeah. even though like like they're they're yelling motherfucker at each other and and shit like, like that. Like th- there's some subtle humor involved in that that you're just like, oh shit. Okay, well played, sir. Well played. You know. Yeah. Even even though it's in your face, it's some of it's kind of not in your face. Yeah, yeah. You know. That's cool. Yeah. So that's that's what I watched all week. I, I was watching that. Really? Yeah. I started Titans. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I like. How far it. how far along are you on that? I think fifth episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your Pretty thoughts? Good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it hits. It's good with me. I like the uh, violence and action and swearing and yeah it's good yeah yeah there's like a part- i'm not i don't have anything to really base it on so right I'm taking it for what it is and i right. kind of like it so i, I kind of wish i had that perspective with it because there's a part of me it's like i really like titans i like that it's a darker you know i like that i mean you know, the violence and the vulgarity, like, you know, the, the language, like, you know, I, I like everything about that show. Mm. But there's also a part of me that's like, you know, um, and they, they do a good job of explaining it as the show goes on, but like the darkness of Dick Grayson bothered me. Okay. Like uh, all the characters are kind of like dark versions of what you see in the, in the comic books and the cartoons. But like particularly Dick Grayson, it really bothered me because um that's not Dick Grayson at all. Yeah. You know, like even like a, there's one comic book, it was written by Kevin Smith, but it still it, it accentuated the point I thought really well of the reason why Batman loves him the most is that he never took the turn that Batman took. Yeah. Like bat, like Batman's this dark, brooding character, and and Dick, even like when he becomes his own man, his Nightwing never does. Yeah, like he's he's always been, for like is lack of a better term, a hopeful character. Yeah, and that's what something that was like Bruce always liked about Dick, and um, like to have the character have like be this darker version of Dick Grayson. I was like. Man, I, I don't care for that, but I do I do care for it, but there's a part of me that's like that's not Dick Grayson. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? But overall I enjoy like you know, I, I watched both seasons and I loved the fuck out of them. I mean, it, yeah. it's a great show in my opinion. And I think the story it told in season one and the story it told in season two are both very good. Yeah, I liked um whatever that group is. Oh, they went to their mansion. I don't, I don't know. Oh, uh, the Doom Patrol. Yeah, I like that. I like those people. Well, there's a there's a whole series about them. That was like a backdoor pilot. Was it? Is it pretty good? I haven't had I haven't had time to watch it yet. That's like probably what I'm gonna watch next is Doom Patrol. Yeah, I like I like the whole. Yeah. I like that whole misfits type of thing. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I liked how it went into their backstory too a little bit on each one. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah I like that. I like that whole, that episode was really good. 
Yeah, um, that was really good. Cerus was a bad, like I said, Cerus was kind of his a backdoor pilot to their own series, which yeah. I know there's two episodes of, and yeah. I, they're planning a third. So. Yeah, it's pretty. I like it. I mean, I like the way it's done, way it's filmed, yeah. way it's the action is good. Um, yeah. And and just something to point out. I, I don't know if you caught it or not. I'm sure you didn't. The uh, the guy who's like got is got all wrapped up. Yeah. That's Matt Bomer. Oh, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, Brandon Frazier's the 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 robot guy and. Matt Bomer is a negative man. Huh. Anyway, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> I like the quality of the characters. I think they're really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely has a it, misfits feel to it. And like from what I've seen from the trailers for the TV show, that 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 feel very much continues. It's just they look good too. Yeah. They don't look campy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. Anyway, so I watched that. Uh, I watched four episodes of Harley Quinn, maybe five. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, like, real good. Yeah. It's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. The shit from Bane's amazing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like one of the... There's a lot of funny parts in that film, and in, in that cartoon, but the shit that comes out of Bane's mouth is, like, unreal. Yeah. I'm going to blow up this bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. I fucking love it. <clears throat> it's good. So <laughs> I really like it. I, I think it's a good cartoon. I can only want, I can only take it for so long though. Yeah, I get that. Like, I'm good on two episodes and then I, and, and I'm, I'm kind of done with it. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, oh, I'm yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I'm good for a while. Yeah. So I watched the Lego Star Wars animated special. Yeah, I watched that too. Not bad. It's all right. I, I mean, I, I get if I was a kid, I probably would have been like, "Oh, this is so fantastic!" But like as an adult, I was like, eh, "This is okay." It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, it was certainly better than the one in 1978. True. And. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I watched Call of the Wild. With Harrison Ford? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? I didn't watch it, no. I I've I thought about it and then I thought nah, I think I'm gonna I'm I, I'm not gonna watch this. There's other stuff I could be watching. Um It was okay. Yeah. I mean it wasn't It wasn't phenomenal. No. Nah. It's just good to watch Harrison Ford. I think that's why I watched it. Yeah. Um, the the dogs all CGI. So yeah. yeah. It's kind of like eh, it kind of gets yeah yeah Scooby Dooish. I I don't know how to describe it. I mean, of course, better than Scooby Doo, but I mean, right. what I'm saying is like. And it almost was too much at times. So, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, every ten years they make something out of it. Call yeah. the wild, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that. Yeah, Jack that's pretty much books. Yeah, um, I read it all. So. 
I think that's why I watched it too. So yeah, I I I, I mean I remember reading Call Call of the Wild as a kid. Mm. I think when we were kids, that was like just like mandatory reading. You know, <laughs> everyone was given a copy of Call of the Wild. Um, the other thing I watched, I watched today, uh, again on on HBO Max was uh two Batman cartoon movies. Okay. But they were they were both set in the Batman sixty six universe. Okay. So it's like, and they you know they were made at the time when Adam West was still alive. So they got Adam West, Burt Ward, and uh, Julie Newmar to voice Batman, Robin, and Catwoman. Okay. And um, they were fun. Yeah. You know it was uh. The first one was called The Return of the Cape Crusaders. And, you know, what What was interesting was, like, part of the plot was Catwoman poison Batman to make him go evil. But he, yeah. he doesn't really go evil as much as he becomes, like, a darker, ver- like, like a, a darker version of Batman. Uh-huh. Which in the that universe is like might as well be evil, right? You know, like he, he, he's going on. He's like he's he's belittling Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara because they're both incompetent boobs. You know, he's, yeah. He's like, how dare you call yourselves police officers? You can't handle the simplest of cases. You know, um, and it's like it it's kind of like that type of deal where he. You know, he becomes just this darker version, not so much evil, and then, but they end up curing him, of course. Um, yeah. But the other the other episode was interesting because it was about it was Two Face, and those who who kind of know the history of that show, there were plans to do a Two Face episode with William Shatner as Harvey Dent. Oh, really? Yeah. So like the, there were plans to do it. They had a script and everything it was going to be like a you know a two part episode, and um, you know the show got shit canned before they could make the, make the, the the episode. So when they did this, they brought William Shatner on to voice Harvey Dent. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was a good oh, episode. That- I, I, it was it was a good movie. Like I enjoyed it. Like it was it was well done. Um. I think the, the cool thing was that like, you know, they could go over the top a little bit more, mm-hmm. like you know, because it's a cartoon. They they didn't mm-hmm. have the restrictions of live action, so there there was some interesting things that they could kind of go over the top with. Like in the first one, there's like a, a big chase scene with the Batmobile. Yeah, you know, and you could have never done that, like you know, with the real. That ability didn't have that kind of maneuverability at all, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking tank. Um, <laughs> but so that that was kind of cool, like to see like a real chase scene with the the Batmobile. Um, you know, but but overall, it, it was just a. They were both really good. Like so, if, like the only way I'm gonna recommend this is if if you're a fan of Batman '66, like if you're a fan of that TV series and that yeah. version of Batman with with Adam West. Then yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. I enjoyed the hell out of it because I am a fan of that show. But yeah. if like 
like if you think that's that shit's too campy, then then don't bother because you're gonna find this shit way too campy. Right, right. You know. So I watched um started a I don't know how many episodes I got in. Three or four Lisa was watching uh Selena. Uh, okay, yeah. It was all right. Yeah. I mean, there were good parts in it so far. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I saw the one with J-Lo, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of know the story. I guess it's done in a different perspective, a little bit. More um, in depth with it being a, a limited series. Yeah. Yeah, more more of a limited series. So. Yeah. It, gets a, it dives in a little bit deeper on stuff on the road and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it was okay. Yeah. They liked it. I yeah. I was, I was indifferent. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'd be indifferent too. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm not a fan of her or her music, but, um, you know, tragedy would happen to her, obviously, but sure. like her, her story is not enough to like make me compel me to watch something like that. Right. Like I don't even think I watched the movie. Like I know James Edward almost is in it, and you know that was J Lo's breakout performance. But you know, I I had no interest in it whatsoever. The original. Yeah, yeah the, the original movie. So. Movie, yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, but I mean, I've you know people who are into that, I he- I've heard have said it's been it, it's very well done. So. Yeah. You know. And then there's the Mandalorian. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. What did you think about that one? I thought a lot was explained when the credits rolled. And I saw directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and the, re- the reason I say that is like, <clears throat> you know, they made last year. They made this big deal when they did that Disney Gallery series, which are going to do for season two as well. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, yeah. But they made a big deal out of like filming in the volume, that 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 space with all the LEDs screens like all around, like a, the 360 look and you know, like everything. You know, it was all LED, and they could like make it look however they wanted to look and. Like with last season, without knowing what that was, there were moments where I thought that just looks like it's it's something better than green screen. Right. Like you could tell they didn't go out in the desert for the tattooing <laughs> episode. And you could right. tell like certain things. Like it 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 just it looked like it was a set, but it was slightly better than a set. Mm. And that and I'm like when I saw the the thing about the volume, I'm like, oh okay, well that makes sense. Okay. I see. Okay. And like even like last week's episode with uh, with Ahsoka, like as good as like that that planet looked, like you could you could just tell it was filmed in that that volume. That right. Call right. It. Like you know, it, it looked real but not exactly real. Right. You know. So like and I, and I'm at a point where it's like it doesn't bother me, you know. Right. You know, you're you're filming and you're you're doing something incredible and it, and it works to a certain extent. Um, 
but you could tell this was filmed outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know if that was like somewhere Robert Rodriguez was like, and I doubt it because he's a guy who's like the king of filming on green screen. Like, yeah. He has he, he built an entire studio based upon green screen down there in Austin. Yeah. So, but still, like it, it everything about that episode, like the action, all the um the gunplay with that, like I was like, yeah, that's got Robert Rodriguez's name written all over it. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, like once I saw it, like because I'm watching it and I'm like. Wow, this action is pretty fucking incredible. Even even for like a Star Wars show, like it was <laughs> like this is impressive action. And yeah. then I was, at the end of it, I saw directed by Robert Rodriguez. I was like, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was so cool when he got his armor back, though. I, I tell oh, you. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, when, when he, yeah, when he. When he showed up in the armor. Yeah. And then I think I, it's cool because Robert Rodriguez kind of played homage to Boba Fett and showed us some more tricks to his to his outfit. Yeah. Like the knee missiles. Yeah. The guided missile on top that he can actually guide with a periscope coming down to yeah. as a as a uh, you know view, almost like a view you know yeah. viewer. That was incredible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. There's a lot of things about this episode that I really liked. So, yeah, there, there was there was a lot to like. I mean, it, it was a it was a very well done episode. Like, and you know, everyone's like, I can't. Oh, I was so sad. This is so bum. I'm so bummed out. And this is such the opposite of the Ahsoka episode. I'm like, yeah, it is. But we had to like, like you had to get to this point. Like, it's been like it it's felt like a big side quest. In, like yeah. it was a, if it was a video game, like everything's been a side quest up until last week. All right. Like to me, like last week the story finally got started. Right, right. You know, and so it was like surprising that it's taken them this long to get to this point. And like the only thing that concerns me is I feel like these last couple of episodes may end up feeling rushed because of it. Right. And I hope it doesn't feel that way. You know? Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it, it was good, though. It was. It was a very good episode. I mean, in like, the death... Not the death... The dark troopers were kind of cool. They were a little bit too Iron Man-ish for me, but I think, okay, they still work. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, You know, Boba showing up, like, the Razor Crest getting blown to pieces i was like motherfucker yeah it was cool to see slave one though it was cool to see slave one though you know that that, like slave one showing up i was like oh shit yeah yeah Yeah, that's what i said i was like damn i was like that's pretty cool i mean as soon as i saw it i was like dude shit that's slave one yeah 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 the second you saw it i said the same thing i was like oh there's slave one okay cool yeah so I mean, I'm intrigued to see how the next couple of episodes go, how they wrap up this season. That Sarlacc took a beating on him, though. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> armor. Between the look at the armor, I mean, the armor looked like it was beat to shit. Yeah. Yeah, but he was looking no worse for wear. He was looking pretty fucking bad. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you it know. was almost like uh, it was a, it was a little uh, uh, end of Jedi Vaderish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man. Yeah, he was he was looking rough. Yeah, but it was it was good. Yeah, overall, it was a very good episode. Did you, did you watch Discovery? I did. I also liked in that episode how, real quick, um, yeah. and they kind of touched on it a couple times, how close he's becoming to Grogo. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a father-son deal. Yeah. And he's realizing it, too. Because he's, he's, especially on that ship scene, is like, you know, about the ball and stuff like that. And then he goes, you know, you're going to have to go with them if they want to take you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like kind of talking through it with him. Yeah, he's kind of talking himself into it. Yeah, because he doesn't yeah. want to let him go. Yeah, as much of a pain in the ass as you are, I'm beginning to love you. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. I think that's the point. And yeah. Like, uh, I just, I like that. I mean, I, I like that evolution of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. It's like they need each other at this point. Right. You know? It's also pretty badass how Grogo was thrown around stormtroopers, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they want that evil side to come out. Right. That's why they're letting them play that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, to Discovery. Good episode. I liked it. Yeah. It's just kind of plotting along here. That's all for me. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, the, the, the thing about, like, the, you know, it's funny. Like, the difference between the Mandalorian and Discovery is, first off, you know, their they're, Discovery is... 42 minutes per episode mm-hmm. you know mando is usually between 30 and 40 minutes yeah also discovery is usually around 18 18 episodes per season mm-hmm. where mando's like 10 mm. you know in fact i think the first season was only eight if i recall yeah. correctly so i mean like discovery has the luxury of time to tell its story. Right. Where and and you don't feel frustrated. Right. Like I, I am to a point because it's like I just want I, I want to see what the fuck you're getting to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's been interesting and it's been fun. Like last week's episode with you know the Vulc, you know, with Vulcan and you know the Romulans and everything that was involved with that was interesting and you know. This week was very interesting going to, to to books planet and you know like everything that was involved with that and you know the uh, the emerald chain, but like I'm like at a point where like I I want to say like I need you to get to where we're going, right? You right, know, right. and but they have the luxury of time and it's just my own frustration with not seeing where the season's going unlike the seasons past. With Mando, it's like. I know you've got limited time, you know, you're, you're, you're telling twice the story in half the time and I need you to get there kind of quick and you're kind of, and you're kind of, and you're kind of taking your time doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
I so, bet you they bump up episodes for a third season. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Favreau will keep it in the same vein. I, I, I think, I think half the problem is, and I, I'm not calling it a problem, but you know, Dave Filoni, he's been telling these stories in, in the half-hour format, the 22-minute format, for quite a number of years now. Yeah. With Rebels and, and Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah. So it's probably what he's most comfortable dealing with is like that that time frame. Is I can tell him I can tell a story. It can be concise. It it can be detailed and I can do it in this amount of time. I don't need a full 60 minutes. I don't need 42 minutes. I just need 30. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of where part of this is coming from. But the other side of that, though, is like in the first season of The Mandalorian, there was not a single episode that felt like a filler episode. No. You know what I mean? Like all of them felt like they were a vital part of the story. And this season, while they're probably all, they are all vital parts of the story. They still have like a number of episodes that felt like filler episodes. Yeah. Like 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 I said, it's like it feels like it, it feels like he's been on a side quest to get to Ahsoka. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like even like I mean once he and I mean I get it, like you know, they, they designed it that way because the ship was so fucked up. But I mean he went from talking to Bo Katan to then go going back to um, Cara Dune and fucking uh, um, Apollo Creed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like there's this episode in between where again, I mean, it it, it forwards the main story a little bit because of what you found out, but like overall, the episode was like a filler episode. Right, right, right. It reminded me of like. And this is what the seasons reminded me of. It's it's that situation where like like it would be like the X Files. Like when the X Files have like the, the each individual episode did not have anything to do with the main story arc, but like the last five minutes would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, they'd, they'd solve a case in like the last five minutes. It'd be like all of a sudden there's the smoking man, and he tells you know um. Mold or something, and it's like dun dun dun. And, but you know, yeah, it yeah. takes five more episodes to build upon that. You know, right? So that's what the, that kind of felt like to me. Um, I'm not complaining. Like I hate to make it sound like a complaint because I've enjoyed the season, but like the overall story has been very slow to build. In what I know is a con- much more condensed format compared to other TV shows. Do you think that do you think that the baby Yoda or sorry Grogo do you think Grogo was done by design or by accident? Like are, are you asking do I think like Yoda and Yaddle got drunk one night and hooked no, up? No, no. What I'm saying is, do you think they designed this series 
like as you know mando's the main guy and we got to get grogo to where he needs to go this that x y and z and now it seems like grogo's taken center stage and mando's taken second seat to a younger audience because literally half the people that tune into this not half but i mean a number of people that tune in this just want to see grogo yeah they don't care anything about mando I, I I think no no knowing for knowing Dave Filoni the way that I do like how I'm familiar with his work I don't know him personally yeah. but knowing his work the way that I do he's had a plan all along and okay. he's going to stick with the plan yeah I don't think the popularity of Baby Yoda caught them off guard. Okay, I was just curious. I don't. I think, but I I think it, like it was like I, I think it's that funny situation of we didn't want to put out like everything that they promoted with the the first season of the Mandalorian was just Mando. Right. There was some stuff with Cara Dune. Um, but that was about it. Like it, it was like, he was like, you know, and even then, like, you know, like everything that they promoted, everything that they put out before the season started was like him and his beat up armor. Right. Like they released a black series figure with the beat up armor. His, his Funko pop was the beat up armor. Like everything that they did with promoting that was basically based around that first episode that they released anything for, with the exception of Cara Dune. Right. And then they had a plan to release everything else afterwards. Like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna this is this is everything that we're gonna give you with this show, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, the Weedy Baby Yod. <laughs> you know. And everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, like, where's the toys? Where's the toys? Where's the, you know? And then they started to flood the market with that shit. Right, right. You know, I think that's how that went, in all honesty. Like, I, I you know, I, they, I think they had a plan for it. It's just the supply and demand, the supply didn't meet the demand right off the bat. And that may have even been by design. Right. You know, because if you remember, like, I mean, Disney Plus launched what the beginning of November last year. Right. How else better to generate sales for the Christmas season? Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Like, I mean, I don't think there was Baby Yoda's available last Christmas. But the, because they were get, flying off the shelves. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Like anything that involved like the wee Baby Yoda. Was flying off the shelf. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and like, be it a Funko Pop, be it a, a doll, you know, whatever it was, it was flying off the shelf. Right. You know, so like, it, to me, it was like just one of those deals where it was like, you know, the Disney marketing team knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. You know, I was just and, curious. I, you know, and I, I, so I think, I think the, it was planned for as far as like, yeah, we know this kid's going to be popular. 
Right. I don't think they realized how popular it was going to be, though. I mean, I think they probably had an idea, but I I don't think they had. I don't know. I think they did. I I think they created their own supply and demand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, but going into this season, you know, it it is a, a deal where it's like, yeah, there are people who just want to watch and see what the, the, the kid is up to. But, and he's a focal point of the storyline. Yeah. But I think that's, that, that fo- being him being the focal point of the storyline was old. Like, I'm sure Dave Filoni's got a five-year plan. And, you know, this is part of the five. Like, nothing changed with the five-year plan just because Groku became so popular. Right. You know, I don't think they said... Well, fuck, we got to feature the kid more. I think this was the plan all along. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And I mean, like, I, honestly, like, just knowing him as a writer as well as I do, uh-huh. I, I guarantee you this was the plan all along. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I like the episode. And back to yeah. Discovery, I like that episode too. I like that episode a lot. Um, you know, it's 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 funny. Like you're you're watching book and the evolution of his character. Mm. Like you know, like um, it, he's going he's. He's going in the opposite direction of like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm my own person to like, I like what the Federation is. I like yeah. what you think the Federation is. Right, right. You know, your vision of what this should be, I like a lot. Right. You know, and that's kind of cool. You right. know, um, you know, so it, it do you think I like the, an, go ahead? I like the evolution of the characters. I like Book a lot. I, I, I like, think I like Book a, a lot. I think that yeah, he's yeah. been a, a well done introduction. You know what I mean? Like I think he's he fits well into into the storyline so far. Right. As love interest, as his interest, as his planet's interest. Right. It, it all fills in. It's good writing, right? Yeah. Um do you think there's an underbelly? To this new Starfleet <laughs> that we're not seeing. Oh yeah, I mean like something. Cronenberg. Cronenberg oh, yeah. is that underbelly? Forgot about Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg is the underbelly. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely is. There's definitely an underbelly to it. I'm. I, I have no doubt about it. You know, is and. I forgot all about Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I think what's going to be interesting is finding out, like, what is the actual cause of the burn? Right. And I think you're going to find out it's going to be something that Starfleet tried to do. Like, I mean, they determined, like, you know, there, there's something in that nebula, and it's Starfleet. Right. You know, and it's going to be one of that those fucked up things that's like, well, there was a section of Starfleet that thought this was a good idea. Cronenberg section, but right. <laughs> section 31. But it's going to be like I said, like we thought this was a good idea, and oh boy, did we fuck up. 
We're going to see Picard and Shatner in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, it, it's I. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just, it's there's definitely something to this this version of Starfleet, like like outside like the Klingons and the Romulans and the 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 Cardassians, like like they're all distrust of Starfleet always made sense because you know they had their own empires to be concerned with. Um, but like now, like the average person's like fuck Starfleet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> fuck them in their ass. They're a bunch of assholes. Yeah, and they all believe that. Yeah, like even like even like plans within the Federation, like yeah, fuck Starfleet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we doing in this Federation anyway? What are we getting from this? It takes them two fucking months to get here. Even Vulcans. Yeah, even Vulcan was like, yeah, fuck you guys. Vulcans love everybody. Yeah. <laughs> or used to. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, so like it's it's funny that way because it's like you know everybody's like you know yeah Starfleet can go fuck themselves, right? You know fuck the Federation they they do nothing for me, right? You know, but now here's Discovery, but it's her it's their idea. Yeah, it's it's their ideals, like right. they're like the what like because because of where they're from from a thousand years ago when the when the federation was still like this this bright-eyed idea of of ideals of what the the space could be you know right 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 and here they are now in this like jaded century of like yeah you know, life sucks you know they're still like these these young wild like wild-eyed kids who are just like let's go make peace with everybody you know <laughs> so yeah I, I, I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, the like, Admiral was even kind of like, okay, yeah, let's, let's see what you can do. Go, go, go see, go see if you can make peace. You know. <laughs> right. I can have you back here in thirty seconds if I need you. Yeah, I think he just wants the starship. Yeah. I I I, I don't trust the Admiral. Like deep down, I think that guy is like. I need this for myself. I need I need my own people on that ship. And you fuckers from a thousand years ago need to go. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And when they tried that, the the the, the everyone was like, no, no, you can't take us off our ship. <laughs> right. I like that um, pilot scene too when she attacked that ship. Yeah. That was pretty badass, dude. Just volleying in blast. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really good. Like it's 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 funny how this this series is set up as compared to other Star Trek series. Where like the bridge crew was the focus. Right. You know, the captain was the main character, and then there was the rest of the bridge crew that was the focus of the show. Well, like in this show, it's like, well, it's the captain, it's the science officer, it's really the main character. We're going to talk about the, the, the those grunts down in engineering. You know, like, yeah. the bridge crew is kind of like, they're the side characters. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, and, yeah. 
Like, there's a little part of me that, like, I wish they would spend more time with the bridge crew because I think they're interesting enough. Yeah. Like, especially the pilot and the navigator. You yeah. know, especially the pilot. Like, that, that episode where she, like, she went off on on Stannis for, like, you know, you walk around here like you're king shit. I fucking fly. You just fly. You, you just go through a mushroom. You know, I'm a right. fucking pilot, you know, because it's like. It's kind of true, like, you know, yeah, yeah. she she does the heavy lifting and you just kind of like, you know, Take off. here we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And like, it's like this funny thing where like I could see where like that would piss off a pilot. Yeah. Like part of it's her PTSD. But, you know, at the same time, like when they like in the, the first episode when the discovery comes through the wormhole, like, you know. She got them down safely. As fucked up as the landing as it was, she got them down. Like, they could walk away from that landing because of her. Right, right. You know? You know, so, like, she's a badass pilot that I'd like to investigate more. Like, I'd like to learn more about her. And, like, so, like, her flying, like, her saying, like, yeah, fuck it. This may kill us, but we're going to do it anyway. It was like, yeah. That's, that's what a pilot would do. That's like you know, and she's like working through her PTSD. But that's what a real pilot would be like. You know, yeah. Um, I know I'm a badass enough to do this, but most people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> right. You exactly. Know. I have the skills to be able to do this manually. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me do it. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Now it's like, but that's what makes sort of like about this show because it makes the characters more believable. As unbelievable as they are it makes them believable in your mind yeah you know what i mean even the science off even what's his name anthony rapp yeah as you know doing the spore drive and all that around the spore drive and making what's her name number one and like these characters are believable characters yeah you know what i mean saru became very believable as a captain you know what i mean yeah and um that's going to be not his downfall, but that's going to be his. Um, it's it's coming around, but uh, and you can see it, but that's going to be his. Uh, not downfall. I don't, I don't want to say that awakening. His, his wild, his wide eyed belief in, in the principles of the Federation and, and Starfleet. Are. It's either going to be infectious or it's going to lead to his downfall. Right. But because I mean, they don't hold those same slave. principles in this century. Right. They're coming as a slave. Yeah. You know, because that's the Kelpians are. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I find that interesting because he is wide eyed. But now you're starting to see, well, you know, I'm going to let that rogue ship attack this other ship. Yeah, and then when you saw him get him on the get, when when you saw him get on the calm, he was like, "If I can offer any assistance, I will." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he knew what was going on. Yeah. So he's kind of playing both ends right now, you know. But he's you know at first when he met the Starfleet, he's starting to begin to realize Starfleet. I think in his head, because right. he was all up, he was cupping their balls. Yeah. But Seriously. I don't think he believe like I, I think there's a part of him that like still wants to believe what Starfleet is supposed to be. Like oh, yes, of and he course. thinks that they hold the same ideals and they kind of don't. Well, they don't, but he's starting to realize that. Yeah. I mean slowly, but yeah. he is. 
Because when he first got there, he was cupping balls. Oh, no, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. It well, would I mean, make me sick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, when they all got there, it was all like, we're home. Here's Starfleet. Wow, look at this. Look at that. This this century is amazing. Detached the cells. And then, like, all of a sudden, it was like, yeah. Um, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Exactly, dude. You know, and like, but he's, you know, he's forcing issues and, you know, and, stuff like that. And he's kind of turning the admiral's hand a little bit, just yeah. a sense. So, um, I'm digging that because you see this. Not only has Burnham taken a taken an evolution here, but so is Saru. You know what I mean? Like. Right, seeing a you're seeing a gradual evolution of him, <coughs> which I like, and I yeah. like that he's featured as well because I like the guy that plays him. Yeah, Doug you know Jones I mean? is amazing. He is, and he's like the fucking best. No, I I, I know, but I yeah. mean like I I'm glad he's front and center. Yeah, because he sort of is. I know Burnham is, but Saru has main lines in every episode. Yeah. I mean, he's a focal point. He's not Kirk, but I don't but, think there, I don't think there really is a Kirk in this series. Well, I mean, if you look if you look at the traditional Star Trek hierarchy, right on, on the episodes, was a, the captain was always the main focus. Like he was the main character of the show. Uh huh. And then it was always like the first officer, the um, you know. The navigator, the the pilot, the you know, so it was always like the like the the, the bridge crew essentially, like uh-huh. you know, it with next generation it was whoever was at security, you know, mostly Worf, um, you know, it was stuff like that. Uh, you even look at it like when you go to Deep Space Nine, it, you know, it was the captain was the main character, then the first officer, the security officer, the the chief of the ship, you know, it, it was Chief O'Brien. Like it, it was people like that. Like they, they, they had like these seven focal main characters. Voyager was kind of the same thing, but it was again, it was yeah. a bridge crew. With this show, that the, there are in many ways the seven main characters. It's just Burnham's the main character, and she's not the captain of the ship. Right. And then it's Saru, it's Tilly, it's um Stamus, it's the Doctor. You know, it's like those were the five main characters, and now they've expanded it to include book and um, or don't forget so six because it was uh, Giorgio. Yeah, yeah. There's that Giorgio story. Yeah, and so now you you include book and you include um, the girl with the the thing in her in her stomach, the the trill. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now they're up to eight main characters essentially. Right. You know, but the bridge crew is not the focal point. Right. You know. I just like how it's written. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like, I think it's an extraordinarily well done series. Like, I am so happy it exists. Right. I, I, I think it's it's a very, as much as I'm Trekkies, like, there are, there are diehard Trekkies that hate that fucking show. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, it is a, like... Modern Trek has become a very much a dividing rod. Like you don't hear about it because they're not nearly as vocal as Star Trek, as Star Wars fans are. 
Like Star Wars fans are like absolute fucking trolls. They are the worst. I will tell you that as a Star Wars fan, I will tell you that they are the most awful people in the fucking world. Like, when, like the 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 just the the pure hatred of like the the sequel series is amazing. It it dwarfs what you think of the prequels. Like the sequels are just like pissed all over by these fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like so like. Star Wars fans are the fucking worst because they, they will go to your Instagram or they will go to your Twitter and they will just troll the fuck out of you. Wow. Like, they are Star Wars fans are fucking horrible. Star Trek fans are just as bad, but in a much more polite way. <laughs> like, they will they will talk they will not target like individual actors. They target the series as a whole. Okay. Like they hated what J.J. Abrams did. You know, like the, those three movies, they the, the Chris Pine, Zachary oh. Quinto movies, they hate. I see. I, I'm absolutely opposite. I love them. So do I. I absolutely. I love all three of them. Yeah. And now with Discovery, it's like, well, that's not real Trek. Like they hate. Like that. There is a very large, and I'm sure Stork will support this. But there is a very large contingent of Star Trek fans that hate Star Trek Discovery. I'm not quite sure how they feel about Picard, but I'm sure there's a lot of hate there, too. Wow. Yeah. But Discovery is like a lightning rod with Star Trek fans. Oh, wow. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. And it's it's like... It's like this funny thing of like... I, I get it. It's not traditional Trek. But it's good. Like, how can you disagree with it? It's it's a it's bad. Right. I mean, the storytelling is like really well done. Yeah. I mean, each each season has so far has been really good. Yeah. Especially the first two. I mean, the writing was just like, especially when you get into like the Klingon Wars and all that kind of stuff, like very in depth. There's a lot of money invested in the show, so your everything effects the, are decent. Like you go back to the first season, but I mean, between the Klingon War and everything that they did with the, the Mirror Universe. Yeah. That shit was just fun to watch. Oh, my God, yeah. And then the second season, like, with Pike, I mean, you know, just, I can't, I mean, even though it's going to be a completely different show, I can't wait for Pike to be the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. I know. He you was know? good. Yeah. You know, and like everything that was involved with that season, with the control and everything else, like that was a fun season. I I enjoyed every episode of it. Like, I don't see how like I, you know, there's a reason Star Trek went away for a while, <laughs> right? Because it got boring. It got bad and it got boring. Right. You know, and there was a. I mean, you know, so. Other than, like, hardcore Star Trek fans who, like, want that shit, like, why wouldn't it evolve into something better? And to me, that's what it did. Right, right, right. And this season in particular, if anything, is showing and holding dear to the principles that Gene Roddenberry laid down. Like, again, like, to emphasize the point, like, the crew of Discovery 
are like these wide-eyed babies who like have this ideals of what the Federation and Starfleet are supposed to be. And the current members of Starfleet and the, and the Federation are like, fuck, what is wrong with you people? Right, right. You know, like, it's... So to me, like, it, it mission accomplished. You've shown what, what Roddenberry wanted. And right. instead, like, you, these people are just like, fuck Discovery. It's poorly <laughs> written. <laughs> the genes rolling over in his grave. The great, the great bird would never allow this. Fuck. There's a lot of shit the great bird wouldn't have allowed that you love. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, this. So far, it's been really good. Yeah. I like how they go and. I like how th- they're still developing characters. Like, it's an ongoing thing with Discovery on the development of its characters. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. You know, there's an overall storyline, but then they send, tend to focus in on a character per episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I like that. I kind of, you know you're getting to know these characters almost on a personal level in, in the grand tradition of star Trek over the 50 years it's been in existence. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like, I mean, it's like, funny yeah. like, cause you say that, but like, if you look back at like the history of the show, that's what the history of the show has been. Like, you know, if you go all the way back to the original episode, that'd be like an episode about Scotty. That'd be an episode about Sulu. That'd be an episode about Spock, you know, yeah, yeah, like, you know, the, they would do that. You go to the next generation, same fucking thing. The formula hasn't changed in 50 plus years. It's just, they're doing it in a way where they're saying fuck on TV. I'm sorry if that disappoints you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just good. Yeah. Maybe I just like the characters better. I find them more interesting. You gotta remember that I was not a next generation fan. Right. No, I, mean, I, did. I did like Picard. Right. But everybody else on that show, I, I could care less about. Even number one, really. I mean, he was all right. Yeah. I felt like he should have been the captain at some points. Yeah. But, I was a Riker fan myself. Yeah. I mean, I liked Riker. But, um, you know, I just, I could never get into it. Janeway was cool. But then again, it was like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mom liked Voyager a whole lot. Yeah. And I watched Deep Space Nine, too, and I liked Deep Space Nine. It was okay. It was pretty good. But it was just kind of like, I don't know. I found myself much more engaged in this round, and probably with help of the movies. Because, I, you know, after the last freaking next-gen movie, I was pretty much done after um, the one where Picard was getting laid. What's that? Generations? Oh no, no, the one you're thinking of is uh, Insurrection. Yeah, I was That's pretty the... much done. Yeah. After that, um, I thought the only good one that I actually liked was the one with the Borg. Yeah, I mean, yeah, First Contact is amazing. That's one of the best Star Trek movies yeah. ever. Period. Like, you know, there's Khan, and then there's first contact yeah first contact was really good but i just thought most of them were garbage um i did i 
I enjoyed watching. And then this is going to be sacrilege to a lot of Trek fans. I mean, I enjoyed watching Trek films, but I got a, you know, I got to a point after a while where it was like geriatric park. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they aged themselves out of the show. It didn't be, it, it wasn't believable to me anymore to see 350 pound Scotty, who's 72 years old, yeah, struggling. It became yeah. sad, you know what I mean. <laughs> Bones looked like he was gonna just blow away, yeah, you know. I mean, and I liked Bones, he was probably my favorite character on Star Trek. Um, but yeah, as good as the story is in Star Trek 6, man, that's a struggle bus to get on because of like there's enough action where you're like. Man, I know that's not Shatner under that wig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wigs. <laughs> but it's... I didn't find... Seriously. Outside of Khan... I didn't really find any of the movies very good. I'll say... Yeah. Three's okay. No. It's okay. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's okay. One is boring as fuck. One is boring as fuck. No matter how I watch that movie, and I've watched it several times in the past couple of years, it, it's a boring fucking movie. It, I like it. The only reason I like it, the only reason I like it, it has that black hole feel to it. Yeah. <clears throat> but other than that, I'm I mean, good. 15 minutes of watching Shatner jack off to the Enterprise is hard to watch. Correct. While Scotty's flying around. Yeah, no, I know. You know. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I, I get it. You know, one one is boring. Two's phenomenal. Three's okay. Four's okay. I know you hate four, but it's okay. Five is fucking awful. Which one was that? Five was the search for God. <laughs> I like that character, but I don't like the yeah. show. I didn't like the yeah. movie. Six is good. A ruined character. They could have done so much with that character, yeah. and they ruined him. Six is good. And then you get to Star Trek Generations, where that was meh. First Contact is phenomenal. Right. Insurrection's bad. And then I can't remember the one after that, the one with Tom Hardy as the young Picard. That's fucking awful. He wasn't young Picard. Yeah, he was. He was a clone of Picard. Oh, yeah, he was a clone of Picard. Yeah. That's the one where Data dies. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't very good. No. I mean, and that's got Tom Hardy in it. I know. (laughs) I mean, if Tom Hardy can't save your Star Trek movie, who the fuck can? Yeah, right. Oh, I know. A good writer. Was, was that Tom Hardy or Eric Bana? That was Tom Hardy. Who did Eric Bana play? He was in the um the first Chris Pine yeah, Star Trek. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you look at the list. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's not good. I don't know. Yeah. So when the new movies came out, I was like, 
Here we go. Give it another shot. Because I guess, yeah. you know, I mean, I used, Mom and I used to go all the time. And new Star Trek movie, I, I'd go, you know. And when these ones came out, I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And boy, I was like, my faith in Star Trek went up like 1,050%. Seriously. I was like, yeah. wow, they have, they have retold it. I am ready to go. I am on board. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what you need to know. Nancy, who hates all things Star Trek. Mm. Loves the J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah. Turned I mean, her around was, on Star Trek. I was completely on board again. Yeah. Like, I had that same excitement as when I saw Khan. Because it was fun. Yeah, man. I mean, the villain wasn't as good, but still, it was like it was fun. Right. I, I don't know, man. It was pretty good. You know, 2, I mean, two has a lot of... Like, Star Trek in the Darkness has a lot of problems. I'm not going to deny that. But Spock's anger trumps everything that was in that yeah. movie. And, you know, I mean, Cumberbatch is good, but, you know, he, he's no Ricardo Montalban. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there, are, there are too many saving graces to that movie to, like, hate it. Right. You know, and like one of the great moments is like the Enterprise falling to Earth and she falls through the clouds. Yeah, yeah. And then like the music kicks up and she rises back up. You're like, fuck yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's a great moment. Like, cinematically, that's like phenomenal. (laughs) Right. You know, and it just, it hits just right because like she falls through and you're like, Man, they're gonna destroy the Enterprise already. Fuck. And then like when she rises up, I'm just like, and like that music hits like that. You're just like, oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah, you that know. was a good moment. Yeah, I just I don't know. Just I just love the I love the movies. Yeah. You know? I do. So, yeah. I like these characters are young too. Like, it's just starting out. Yeah. Well, light. I don't know if they're ever doing another one. But. Probably not. I mean, I, I think that's... I like Spock. I mean, Ahura. I mean, like, I like them all. Yeah. I, I, I think they're at a point... What's that? I think they're at a point where they've, they've just got to create another ship and a new crew. That sucks. It does, because I like Chris Pine as Kirk. I like Quinto as Spock. You know, I, I you know, th- there's a, a lot to like about that, those three movies and like the actors that are portraying them. I mean, you know, we've discussed Chris Pine endless number of times in this show. Right. But I just think they're at a point where it's like the Star Trek universe needs to be served in a movie theater capacity, and it's clear that unfortunately for whatever reason these these actors aren't going to get back together like the the the, the enterprise movies are, are dead go yeah. somewhere else with it now and i and i yeah. think you could sell it in a way that it works that people would go see it yeah i like that part too in the first one where he was in bed with the with the green one yeah i thought that was cool now i mean i got that because i think that's what kirk would be like oh it would be i mean it, absolutely they, they never really, you know, I don't know. It was pretty cool. 
<laughs> like, I imagine Kirk is like Jay from like Jay and Silent Bob, where he's just at that moment, I'll fuck anything that moves. You know, like, right. I just how I imagine Kirk being like, you know. Well, it was always understood that he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a thing. Him and Riker. Yeah, Riker. I mean, Riker was trying to hook up with his ex-girlfriend, Troy, but at the same time, he was fucking anything that moves. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go long, but I don't care, because I want to discuss at least one thing this week that was news. And that was that Warner Brothers has announced that they their entire 2021 slate of movies are going to be available same day on HBO max at no additional cost to their subscribers. Same. What do you think about that? I think movie theaters are dead. Yeah. Cause here's what they're saying. They're, they're going to release in theaters and on HBO max same day. Right. They will be available for free on HBO Max for one month before they go off the the the, the um the service to service other means like for airplanes and then going to DVD and then eventually going to like you know HBO. Right. <laughs> I would imagine. Right. You know, but I honestly think this is just. One more nail in the coffin to the movie theater experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because if this works, and I mean, it's going to, like, it's enough that you have to say that this is what I'm going to compare it to. And this is a weird comparison, but it works in my opinion. It's like subscribing to the WWE network. Okay. Okay. If you're a fan of the WWE for 12 bucks a month, you get access to every single live pay-per-view the WWE has to offer all year long. That includes WrestleMania. That includes, you know, all their big pay-per-views plus all the ones in in between. Compare that to spending $60 a month per pay-per-view. Yeah, it just if you're a fan and you want to see those, it just makes sense to spend the 12 bucks a month. Right, right. Same thing. Even if you don't subscribe to HBO. Right. It makes sense to spend the 12 or 14 dollars, whatever it is for the service. To get access to first run movies the same day they're released in theaters. Right. And they've already been kind of doing that. Well, I wonder with Woman second, with second run movies. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know Wonder, like wonder Woman is going to be the first break. one. Right. You know, we've already discussed that. Wonder Woman was the first one through the door, and I got a feeling that like that announcement probably drove subscriptions already. Yeah. And now here they are saying, well, every 2021 movie for one month will be available for free on this service. All you got to do is subscribe. Right. That's making money hand over fist. Yeah, I mean, like, but they've already also been kind of doing that on Prime, too. 
because Prime will have it not for first run movies, but for second rate movies, you know, yeah. like I don't know, Escape Plan Two, you know what I mean? Yeah, it has a not a limited release, but not to you know huge but, amounts of theaters. But but also but, like, is it a situation in those cases where okay, yeah, you can get it on Amazon Prime, but you know you also have to rent it for X amount of dollars. Right. No, I get that. You Where, do. Yeah. Well, this is, but it's what included I'm saying in is the description. Like, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, they've already been hinting at that, but with a rental. Right. Like you can rent this the same day it came out in theaters, right. you know, like these second rate run movies. Right. That are, you know, they're not going to make any money. Anyway, this is before COVID. Right. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, Disney did it with Mulan. Yeah. Well, that was during COVID. That was during COVID, but they did it with Mulan, and they did it where, like, you had to subscribe to Disney Plus, and you had to pay an additional 20 bucks. Yeah. Which people were pissed about. They did it. Right. I mean, they did it. It made money. But because people wanted to see the damn movie. But still, like, that was how they approached that. Where So, like, I'm intrigued, like... So here's Warner Brothers doing this. Is Disney going to turn around and do the same thing with their movies? Right. Because now Especially all of a sudden, if you, yeah, like Black Widow, you know, has been pushed around three times now. Yeah. Why don't you just release that on Disney Plus for free to subscribers? Right. You know. Because in all honesty, let's that, that's face facts. Like, other than The Mandalorian, the only other thing that Disney has really had that, in my mind, generated subscriptions was Hamilton. Right. Like, nothing else is buzzworthy on that app other than The Mandalorian. Now, I think that changes next month with, with WandaVision. But still, like, there's nothing else that, like, I've heard people talk about, you know, on social media where it's like, oh, you've got to see this on Disney Plus. Right, right. Nothing original, at least. Like, it's all anything anybody says, like, hey, I found this movie on Disney Plus is from my childhood. I love it. Yeah, there's not much there. No. So, I mean, like, other than The Mandalorian and the release of Hamilton, nothing else has been buzzworthy on Disney Plus. No. Netflix has been crushing them in that department all year long for the most part. Right. Now, here comes HBO Max, out the gate, new kids in the block. Here's Wonder Woman for free to subscribers. And, oh, by the way, here's our entire 2021 slate, same day as release. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As much as I want to go to a theater, I'm still in. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like okay, like but like I so but the average person now who doesn't in like the average person, the average moviegoer, I feel doesn't appreciate the experience like you and I do. No. Okay. No. I, right. I don't. I I think there are people who just go see a movie to go see a movie. But now, if you're gonna give it to them for free as part of their subscription service, fuck. I don't have a need to go to the movie theater anymore. Yeah, and I don't have to pay. The 80 bucks it takes for me to take my family to a movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll pay my 15 a month 
I'll get three or four first-run movies from Warner Brothers a month or maybe two, whatever. But I'm still getting that, and I'm saving money by not going to the movie theater. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. Not just a little bit of money. Right. I mean, you're looking at, say, Warner Brothers released two movies in a month. Right? Okay, so let's look at this, because, I mean... So this will include some of these movies I didn't, you know, I didn't know were coming on. Um, the some of these I don't know what they are. Um, the little things, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, Godzilla versus Kong, there you go. Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights, which is going to be huge. I mean, that's uh. Lin Manuel, massive. What's that? In the Heights is going to be massive. Yeah, yeah, because that that that's the same guy who did uh, Lin um, Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean that's going to be monstrous. Space Jam: A New Legacy. Uh, this, uh, the, that's, <laughs> that's LeBron James and Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, Remembrance. Um, Malignant, Dune, The Many Saints of Newark, King Richard, Cry Macho, and The Matrix 4. Those are all the movies you're going to get on HBO Max as part of your subscription service, same day they're released in theaters, if theaters fucking exist. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, just, you figure, okay, Tom and Jerry is probably going to be I don't want to say a, a huge money maker, but I'm sure it's that's a hundred thousand dollar movie, right? You know, or a hundred hundred million dollar movie. I mean, right? Godzilla versus Kong, that's three to four hundred million. Mortal Kombat, I haven't seen the trailer for it yet, but I'm willing to bet, let's say a hundred to two hundred million. Okay. Space Jam, in the Heights is probably going to be the biggest one. I, I will say that. In the Heights would probably be one of those ones that's like five to six hundred million dollars. I think so too. I, that, that's one of those movies that people go back to see. Right. You know, um, Space Jam, two hundred million. The Suicide Squad, with James Gunn name attached to it. When if they 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 push it right, that may be a four to five hundred million dollar movie. Yeah. Right. Um. And the Matrix Four. Oh. I mean, just on name alone, people will go see that. That's a, a four to five hundred million dollar movie. Are, are the Wachowskis doing it? Is it them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, oh, uh-huh. man, I don't, I don't know about this. Yeah. I don't know how good of an idea this is. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if this is a smart play here. But still, I mean, it's there, you know. Right, right. And it's a, it's a, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a known brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Oh, I know. But still, but still, it doesn't matter. It what not what now matters is. 
how much can that pull into your subscription service? Right. What happens because when you become a, what happens when you become mainstay though? What happens when you get everybody? Well, then what do you do? But th- but then you're making money hand over fist. Look, there ha- there has to be a formula to this cuz Netflix is spending money like it's fucking water. Okay. And they're still making money hand over fist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they they will spend big money to get a movie to to be on their service exclusively. Yeah. They do the same thing with 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 television shows. They 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 spend they spend a great deal of money. Like the the Irishman like, that came out last year, like the the um yeah the Scorsese movie. I mean, they spent like three hundred million for that. Really? Yeah. Now. The thing that the advantage that they have is like, you know, they're available around the world. Yeah. You know, so that there is a, a, you know, Netflix UK, Netflix America, Netflix Canada, Netflix, you know, Argentina. They're available all over the place. HBO Max isn't. So it's still, it's still a growing platform. I see. But how better to grow your platform and be able to sell it and be able to say, well, here, now we can make it available in, in international markets. Than to do this, like say, right. hey, who wants to see the Matrix Four? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's how many billion people are in China? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> you know what I, I mean? Because there has to be, I, I think everybody has to be looking at Netflix and saying, what the fuck is Netflix doing? How are they making money hand over fist and spending it like it's fucking water? Right. It's because of their global right market. That their their global reach, and they're they're bringing in billions of dollars. Right, right, right. And if you're spent, and if you're only spending half of that, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, whoo, I'm still making yeah <laughs> billions of dollars. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. So. Man. I mean, there, there, there is a formula for it to be made. So, like, even if everybody in the world is subscribing to your service, you're still making money hand over fist and paying for these blockbuster movies now without releasing them in theaters and with minimal marketing. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, because you no longer have to advertise on TV. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you could do it all. Ver- like, it amazes me, like, how, like, marketing is like so expensive still like it to me like if you have a blockbuster movie if you have a known franchise like like a star wars or or star trek or or even the matrix i would be doing that all virtually i'd be able to do social media I'm like all my releases would be fucking on twitter it would be youtube it would be facebook you know instagram tiktok whatever the fuck it took yeah like it would be all social media yeah I'm not spending a ton of money to, to like fucking advertise on ESPN anymore because half my audience isn't watching that shit. Yeah. It's Harry Potter, Warner Brothers too, right? Yeah. So if this works the way that they're expecting it, you can expect to see Fantastic Beasts. I think, and I think all the, I, 
I don't know if all the Potter movies are on HBO Max yet. I have to look, but um, because I, I again, you're talking, you're getting the, like contracts with like TNT or whoever gets to show them, you know, all that type of shit. All sorts of weirdness gets involved with that legal legal mumbo jumbo that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But still, like if this works the way that I think is going to work for for HBO Max, mm. I can see Disney doing the same thing with mm. Disney Plus, and with CBS All Access, you know they're they're changing their branding next year. They're going to be Paramount. Like the Paramount streaming service or something. It's Paramount Plus or something. I can't remember exactly what the fuck it's going to be called. But they're changing to from CBS, being specific to CBS, to being Paramount, their, their, their parent company. Okay. And you can expect that to kind of start going the route of HBO Max and Disney Plus with as far as like movies go. Right, right. And I'm sure the Peacock will be doing the same thing. Huh. And that basically covers your, because Paramount. Uh, so that'll cover Paramount. That'll cover Universal, Warner Brothers, and Disney. The only outlier who won't have, who's going to have to create their own streaming service at some point, is going to be Sony. And I can't see how it's going to be that hard with, you know, putting something onto a PlayStation. Right, 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 right. You know, you got. I mean, I'm sure creating a platform isn't that easy, but you know. You have an automatic distribution network with with the PlayStations. You can say automatically like if with your with your PlayStation subscription, whatever their their subscription service is called for the play for the PlayStation. With that, you automatically get access to you know Sony all streaming database. Yeah, yeah. With, with all of our movies and here here's our special exclusives. I mean that's the same thing all these other services have done. Right, right. Hmm. Time will tell some. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I could just, like, if this if this works for HBO, I can see the others following suit because it's a copycat league and, uh, you know, whatever it takes to make the most amount of money. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Okay. All right, so let's uh let's go ahead and dip our Tony old mailbag. Mailbag. And as always, we start with our good friend Super Fan Thad. I'm not going to start with that because I'm not quite sure if it's racist or not. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Damn, two weeks of great Mandalorian shows. What if Ahsoka was telling Groku that she cannot train Din? Maybe that will, will be the twist that Din is a force user destined for the Darksaber. Okay. I will delve down this rabbit hole rather quickly for you. 
Okay. Den is not a force user. I can tell you that right now. Okay. However, the dark saber. The dark saber. While there was a Mandalorian from Mandalore Prime, who was a Jedi, and went against the Jedi, and created the dark saber. The dark saber does not have to be held by a force user. In many instances, it has been held by a non-force user and is used as a show that you are the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Okay. It's a symbolic weapon at this point. And that's why Bo-Katan, who is not a force user, is so obsessed with finding it and getting it back. Because she is the rightful ruler of Mandalore. Okay. Not Moff Gideon. So... (laughs) It does not require you to be a force user because Moff Gideon, I don't believe, is a force user either. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Sean, do you also masturbate to Ahsoka's voice from the cartoon? No, I do not. That's nasty. Many times she's a child in the Clone Wars. I'm not. That's just sick. I know where that monolith came from. It came from the same aliens that probed my ass several years back. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I have no doubt you were anally probed. Um, I just don't believe it was by aliens. <laughs> right. And apparently copycat monoliths are popping up all over the place now. <laughs> I find that funny. I miss the movies. I miss going in and sitting next to some random strangers and watching them get up and move. I miss watching a movie and busting some ass. I like watching the people in front of me looking to see where it came from. That is kind of funny. I will admit that. Um, I miss seeing Dr. Manhattan's 35-foot blue penis on screen. I miss Sean reaching into my popcorn and grabbing my Mr. Winky. Well, I don't miss that at all. Um, how dare Ian go take a shit right before Sean reads the mailbag? <laughs> I love how Sean thinks he paused the show but did not. We had to hear silence, drift crying, door slamming, dogs barking, Lisa talking to Ian about his doctor that called about his rash that will not go away. <laughs> I think I heard Sean rip ass. Or maybe it was Nancy. It was all good stuff. I even thought I heard Sean honking the bobo during the break. Make sure you pause next time, asshole. Well, here's some inside baseball. If you want to know how the sausage is made. Because we are using Skype, I don't have the ability to pause recording. Because it's a Skype call. You can't pause the recording. So... Normally what we do is Ian, you know, he gives me a, a sim a sign, a, a you know, a a nonverbal cue that he needs to go take a piss or have a smoke, and then we just stop. And then what I have to do is after I download the episode from Skype and then convert it from an MP4 to an MP3, I then have to go in and edit it and take out those breaks that we take. 
Right. Last week, I apparently forgot to go in. I could have swore I did, but I apparently forgot to go in and, and edit out the break. So there's like a five or six minute section of the show that is just, you know, the background noise from, from your house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a little look behind the scenes of, uh, of how the, the podcast gets made. Um, I do apologize to everybody who, uh, who got to enjoy that. That's my fault. Um, yeah, because normally I, I take care, of that, which is why sometimes we hear a very hard break in our conversations, because yeah. sometimes Ian's had a few few beers in him and he needs to pee more often than than other times. Today we've only had to take one break. <laughs> right. So, but still, like so, like some sometimes there's like, like there's like two. On a rare occasion, there's three, but either way, like usually it's like five or six minutes of, of dead air that I have to edit out. Right. right. Um, I mean, it's easy enough to do. It's, it's just, it's one of those things where it just adds to, which is funny. Like the, the thing that sucks is like, cause we're doing it on Skype. There are so many extra steps I have to take to get this done. And those steps take for fucking ever to complete just cause it's a, a, a long process. Yeah. But it's easy enough to do, but it's just it's just like it's a slog, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So where like it, it when when you're here with me or when we're, I'm recording with Nancy, like when we when when you need a break, I just hit the pause button and we're fine. Yeah. You know. Plus, I don't have to convert it from an MP4 to an MP3. Right. Right. You know that takes <sighs> like ten fucking minutes to complete. I just pounding my head against the table like why 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 can't this just do it <laughs> so a little look behind the scenes there kids i'm sure you uh you enjoyed that okay time to go i just came back from wally world and i need to take off my undies because i think i just shit my pants trying to fart in aisle 69 well, you know, I got to tell you that you, you can't strain that much. You know, either it's there or it's not. Don't force it, because if you force it, you know, you're going to end up with a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it for the mailbag. Anything you'd like to add to the proceedings there, sir? <coughs> no, man, I'm good. All right, well, remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. I can send us an email like like Thad does each and every week. May God have mercy on my soul. <laughs> that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. Um, and remember, we are a member of a, a of three podcasting networks. Uh, we are a member of the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Podbreed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search, and you find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. Uh, and lastly, as always, want to thank you, as the dear listener, for checking us out each and every week. I can't thank you enough for that. Um, <laughs> 
And the fact that anybody listens to this this little show is always amazing to me. And um, again, my 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 gratitude is runs runs as as deep as it can, <laughs> as deep as the Monongahela and down to the second river. Yeah. <laughs> Without the kraken lurking below. Yeah, the kraken. Yeah. Ugh. I think it does it then. All right, son. And then on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>